What's going on, my conservative friends all across the hills, valleys, and hollers of Tennessee? This is your friend, your little buddy, your defender of freedom, Brandon Lewis here with the Ten Con Big 7 Weekend Update, bringing you news that rhinos and leftists wish had gone unsaid. But oh no, the razor-sharp, double-edged sword of truth is going to be piercing into the darkness, the darkness of Nashville, as we talk about all things related to the legislative session. We've got stories. We've got stories about uh, what's owe money being spent uh, up in Nashville uh, to wine, dine, and uh, refine the behavior of all of the legislative critters. Uh, we've got some uh, sneaky peating by the Lee administration to keep you in the dark. It is no surprise. There's a fantastic event by my friend Lori Cordoza Moore I'm going to tell you about that you need to be at toward the end of this month. We've got some transparency wins for taxpayers. This is a good thing, good thing. Uh, Tennessee, we're going to talk a little bit about maybe keeping outside influence away. Closed circuit transmission to Frank Nicely. I did send you an email. If somebody knows uh, Senator Nicely, when we get to this story, perhaps you could encourage him to get back to me. Uh, a little bit of legislation that would keep folks from... Uh, treating life as if it were uh, something found on the side of the road. And then finally, there's going to be a story or two about mandatory bias training and how House Speaker Cameron Sexton doesn't care if your kids can read or write, nor is he interested in giving them opportunities to do better in school. That's where we're headed. But first, please do go to Twitter. I'm just going to make a pitch for Twitter. I think I can have a, a greater impact there. And uh, recently, it seems that some of the free speech restrictions have been lifted. Facebook, like we're in no man's land there. Uh, I bet we reach 5% of the people that we used to. We have completely been shut down by the Gestapo. So please do go to Twitter, share our things, retweet our things there. Uh, go to the free speech platforms like Gab Getter, Truth, Parlor, Rumble, and MeWe. We are there. We are there in spirit, digitally. So... Before we get into these stories, before we get into these stories, I'm going to delve into the mailbag. Let me make sure I turn off my phone because sure enough, if I don't put this thing on the mode of the airplane, we're going to be in trouble. And do write in the comment section what you think about this. Share it around in conservative groups. Retweet it. Here we go. First first piece of the mailbag you can see here from my pile. See this pile? This, this is, these are all things that came in the mail. Came in the mail. First one up. Thank you for the work you do. I read your materials online and listen to your podcast when I can. Uh, please do not send any gifts. Keep the money uh, for your work. Stay safe. Stay healthy. I always say when people say stay safe, I always go, you stay safe. I'll stay free. I actually have a tank top that says that. That I think one time I even wore on here and somebody gave me some grief about it. So that's why I'm dressed appropriately now. Uh, Guang and Tracy, thank you very much. I appreciate you. That will go into the archives. Uh, now listen, if your name is Cliff, and if you live up around the Oak Ridge area, you know who you are. Thank you so much for your support. I don't have to say much more. I'm going to be reaching out to you via phone call, hopefully when I'm riding back in my car today via house. I'm going to set that aside. Thank you for your generosity. It amazes me. Uh, just like I spoke at that Moms for Liberty group uh, last week, and I spoke also uh, at Hamilton County Conservatives last week. It seems like forever ago. I got to hang out with my friend uh, Gary Humble. I actually stayed over at his house, was treated 
with the utmost respect, courtesy, and hospitality. Uh, Luke, if you're listening, Gary, uh, or Miss Humble, say hey to Luke, my little buddy. He was quite quite fun. We got to talk a lot about Hot Wheels and various other things. He is a darling. Uh, got another piece of mail here from Judith. Judith says, I can't read the whole thing. Dear Mr. Lewis, let me introduce myself. My name is Judith. Uh, I'm a resident of Clarksville. I have relocated from Arizona. I'm a daily reader of the Tennessee Conservative, a Tennessee Patriot, and financially support the publication as often as I'm able. I listen to your podcast and also the Mill Creek podcast. There you go, Steve. There you go, Steve. We're getting you some, some listeners there. Uh, and she has enclosed some of these. They, she sent me this publication. I don't know much about it, but I'm going to read it. Free Speech Statesman. Sounds like something I'd be interested in. Thank you so much, Judith, for sending this in. I will read this stuff. I will. All right. <clears throat> We're almost done. We're going to get through this. Uh, dear Brandon, yes, I read your personal letter and enjoy knowing about you, your life, and family. It's well said. Well, thank you very much. Um, I also pray for you and your girls Monday through Friday. I pray uh, Colossians uh, 1, 19 through 14, currently my favorite scripture. Thank you for your commitment and integrity, Pat. Well, thank you, Pat, darling. That is, I need the prayers. And maybe all that's holding me up some days, and I just don't know it. Uh, here's another one from uh, Rhonda and the Republican Women of Action. Please accept the enclosed donation from the Republican Women of Action. We are proud to support you and your efforts and appreciate what you're doing. Thank you, Rhonda. I appreciate you very, very much up there in Mount Juliet. And I got I got a belated Christmas card and from the Steenman family. Robin, Moms for Liberty, thank you for sending that. I saw that and was heartened, probably due to a delay in the U.S. Postal Service or... If you're like me, we didn't even get one out this year. No no Christmas card. I'm, we're going to do a 4th of July card. That is my intention. So somebody said, I'm not upset that we didn't get your Christmas card. <laughs> when I was up in Williamson County, uh, I'm sorry, guys. I just dropped the ball. Moving into that house just sent me in a tailspin, and I am still recovering. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for all of those uh, of you who, your prayers and thoughts, who send things into the mailbag. All right, for those of you who are just strictly here for the hard news, don't give a rip about me uh, or my mail. I'm going to do you a solid and move right along, and I will even flip the side slide. Here we go. According to the Tennessee Ethics Commission website, Various lobbying groups as a whole spent around $750,000 on a multitude of events last year for lawmakers. Now, would that have any untoward influence? You go up there, you don't make a lot of money for being up there. Thank you for your service. I appreciate it. But when people ply you with bourbon and nice food, and I'm telling you, hospitality, expensive hospitality in particular, creates a sense of guilt, obligation, and access that often is not in the interest of the taxpayer. Last year, one private reception was held at the Tennessee State Museum. It cost the organizers approximately $65,000, paid for by the Tennessee Chamber of Commerce and Industry, always against anything related to uh, stopping illegal immigration. We're, we're very, much in the freedom against, uh, very much in the fight against medical freedom. Chamber of Commerce has been a negative influence uh, if you have a conservative political leaning. And I'm going to continue to talk about that. And the NFIB is right behind them. Along with some of the state's largest corporations like Amazon, FedEx, the event allowed lobbyists to rub shoulders with legislators and the governor. Some of these companies have received large tax breaks thanks to the state's General Assembly. Lots of pay-to-play up there in Nashville. Lots of corporate welfare. 
The Tennessee Chamber hosted an opening legislative session this year, also where Governor Bill Lee and the leaders of the House and, and Senate were in attendance. Other top spenders from last year include the prison reform right on crime. I don't mean, maybe just change it soft on crime. Private prison operator, Core Civic, HCA Healthcare, and others. Now, the, the healthcare establishment would never, never try to take away your constitutional rights or push upon you or, or lobby our government to push upon you treatments that you did not want uh, that were later found to be unsafe. They'd never do that. Dick Williams with Common Cause Tennessee, a nonpartisan citizen lobbying organization working to encourage the public's participation in the legislative process, said, One of our basic primary concerns is the role that money, large money in particular, has in the legislature and the legislation. Williams said, Whatever they call it, just information or meter greet or whatever it has influence, it certainly does. Oh, the money. The money in the Nashville swamp. Next story, Lee administration abuses deliberative process privilege to block Tennessee government transparency. The office of Governor Bill Lee uses public records exemptions called the deliberative process privilege that allows high government officials to keep documents secret if they deem them to be part of their deliberative decision-making process. What wouldn't be part of the deliberative decision-making process? You could pretty much hide anything you want to citing that. Deborah Fisher, executive director of the Tennessee Coalition for Open Government, said it basically lets them take their magic wand, and whatever they don't want to release, they just use the phrase deliberative process. There's no limit to what they can keep secret from January 19, 2019. When Lee took office through mid-September the same year, the administration utilizes this exemption no less than 61 times to deny access to a wide range of requests, including those regarding pandemic response measures, which is basically taking a sledgehammer to your constitutional rights because a fly was on top of it. I'm still hot over that. I'm not ever going to forget it. The Tennessee rhinos that hid behind Bill Lee's coattails that forced kids into terrible educational situations, shuttered and shut down and closed small businesses while the left-leaning corporate big boxes were allowed to stay open, told people they were selfish for going to worship, wanted to keep families apart during Christmas and Thanksgiving during a time where they probably needed to be together. Yeah, I remember. I don't see how you walk around with your head held high having done all that. Fisher stated that the exemption is not American, that the public has the right to know what their government is doing. She went on to say that citizens have the right to talk about it, to give their opinion. She says that constituents need to know what their government is doing because they need that information when they make decisions on who to watch and who to vote for. Ironically, when Lee took office, he claimed his administration was taking steps to government transparency. Well, he claimed a bunch of other stuff, too, none of which has come to pass. The only thing that he promised that came to pass was the formation of some religious committee up in Nashville. What it has accomplished, I do not know. The religious committee obviously didn't lobby hard enough for churches to stay open. Ironically... Transparency was also one of Lee's campaign promises he touted in his 10 for 10 plan that he called a contract for Tennesseans. I'm sure that's on a toilet roll somewhere that's already been flushed down into the metro sewer in Nashville. The Chattanooga law firm states that the deliberative process privilege decisions made by the Tennessee Court of Appeals was unprecedented and is of significant public interest and would be a good candidate for a Supreme Court review. I agree. Next story. Now listen. Guys. There are only a few organizations in Tennessee that are working hard 
to make things change in the legislature, to make things change for our kids in the education system and in curriculum. And if you have been following Lori Cordoza-Moore's effort on the textbook commission to get this garbage out of schools, even though we have a Republican supermajority, she's up there fighting, often alone, when she should be in good company, which just goes to show you how deep the tentacles of corruption in our government-funded education system has come, and she's going to bring that to your attention. And this is Proclaiming Justice to the, Justice to the Nation's Taking Back America's Children Tennessee Summit. If you look below here, there will be links to this event in the comments section Jason is posting. Put in here what you think about it, where you're listening from in the comments section. And at this event, you're going to learn from the top voices in America today, urging parents and concerned citizens to combat the falsehoods about Israel, Christianity, U.S. history, and public schools. You'll discover simple steps for engaging and fighting in your hometown and reclaiming your children's classroom. Listen, if you're a patriot, you really need to go to these events. You need to personally get your keister in your automobile and drive to these things to support them, and I'll tell you why. It's no different than supporting your church, music, nonprofits that you believe in. So many folks, conservative Christians in particular, will tithe and will give to their church, but if you look at their bank statement as it relates to supporting conservative organizations, often we are lacking. Go to pjtn.org. That's PJ, like peanut butter and jelly, TN, like Tennessee, .org. It's not what it stands for, but pjtn.org. And look into Taking Back America's Children's Summit. They will educate, motivate, and activate parents, grandparents, concerned Americans across the nation fighting the anti-Semitic falsehoods in the textbook and curriculum right here in good old Tennessee and U.S. classrooms. During this conference, you'll learn strategies and language used by left-leaning education reformers, the power of social media and vocalizing your concerns, ways to motivate other concerned citizens. Now, this is going to be in the Williamson County Enrichment Center in Franklin, Tennessee, which I just got to visit. It's a very nice area. I, really, Franklin's nice. I love that downtown area. Got to drive through that. Gary played chauffeur. It was very nice. And it will be from 7.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. on January 29th. 7.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. on January 29th. I will not be there. Normally, I would be there. The reason I'm not going to be there is because I am hosting the 7th Annual Painting Profit Summit in Chattanooga, Tennessee, the exact same weekend. And that is where I help painting contractors grow, and that is where I make my money. I don't make any money doing this, but it is a... Uh, project of passion. So I got to be there working. Work gets in the way of a lot of things, doesn't it? So go to pjtn.org and receive a gift of 10% off everything at the PJTN store. Help Lori out and go to this event. Next story. Two of my favorite people. This is a big deal, guys. This is a big deal. Transparency win for taxpayers in the Tennessee legislature. We don't get a lot of good news. We don't get a lot of good news. It is, it is far more corruption than it is clarity. And there's far more rhinos than conservatives up in the legislature. And they are in power, and they are entrenched, and they are in leadership. But here's one. Thank you for these folks that have worked on this. On January 11th, Americans for Prosperity Tennessee, in, in cooperation with Representative Chris Todd, great guy, true conservative, helped secure new transparency measures in the legislative process for taxpayers. Amendments will now be added to the legislative tracker in real time as well as redline edits to legislation it used to be like last year when they had that incumbent protection bill that tried to muffle and did 
muffle the free speech of conservative groups, which is what they were after because their majority leader almost got beat because his record's bad. I mean, it's not bad, bad, but like when you increase the budget by 20%, vote for corporate welfare, support a gas tax, I mean, those are things that it makes, makes you vulnerable. A lot of these incumbents up there have very, very vulnerable records. And when we put together the candidate training in the spring and the summer, and we equip these conservatives to go out there, we're going to see a higher percentage of real conservatives be able to take back offices from these folks that have either been bench warmers or have been part of the problem. But when they did that bill, like you couldn't even see what was in the bill. They were voting on things. You could tell none of the members had read it. You couldn't see what they were voting on. The only reason we even got the bill is because somebody leaked it to us. Representative Todd revealed his efforts to increase transparency at the Tennessee Freedom Summit. He did in Nashville on the 20th of last year. Thank you for coming, Todd. Todd stated that the new process in place when citizens visit the General Assembly website and navigate to a bill page, amendments will be clearly visible with the rest of the bill's information. I've been working on this for three and a half years, and I've been the squeaky wheel, and I won't quit squeaking. Thank you, Todd, for your persistence. Representative Todd. The new process, when an amendment is filed in the clerk's office, it will go online immediately. At the Tennessee Freedom Summit in August, Tory Venable spoke about the problems of transparency in the Tennessee legislature. We have a process called caption bills, and there are good reasons to have them. However, there is no process to have the amendments published online for public uh, view before those amendments that could change a bill entirely are voted on. We want to see every amendment placed online for public review before it's voted on, Venable said. Representative Todd stated, that he can't uh, even see the amendments to his home computer or mobile device and can only view them for a computer in his office at Capitol Hill that was uploaded with a program unavailable to outside state and government offices. Whether the Senate will follow suit with this change is unknown, but Todd assumes they will probably follow the House's lead on this issue. Great work, guys. Great work. Two folks up there getting something done. I love to see this stuff. Frank Nicely. Closed circuit transmission would love to interview you about this legislation. I support it. Tennesseans need to elect Tennesseans. Bill filed to uh, limit out-of-state contributions. Now, listen, if you know Frank, send him an email to, hey, my little short buddy, Brandon Lewis, real conservatives. I actually dropped off a, a Freedom Award at Senator Nicely's office last year, or last year, last week. feels like last year. It's been a long week. Uh, <laughs> up there in Nashville, uh, because he did good work, in my opinion, last session. In a phone interview with the Tennessee conservative, uh, Frank Nicely explained that current Tennessee law per, uh, permits candidates to receive an unlimited amount of funding from individuals, corporations, and political action committees and other sources from outside the boundaries of the volunteer state. This is a problem. In my opinion, it's a problem when it's out of your district, too. Tennesseans need to elect Tennesseans, Nicely said, indicated that interest outside of the state should not have the majority hand in sponsoring campaigns for political candidates. Right now, there's no limit to the amount of these out-of-state super PACs can donate, and money equals votes, Nicely said. Now, that's true. Nicely said that his out-of-state influence is not in the best interest of Tennessee, and that on the federal level, it weakens our position in D.C. Amen. Nicely's bill, Senate Bill 100, does not completely eliminate out-of-state funding, but if passed into law, it would ensure the majority comes from in-state, prohibiting candidates from accepting contributions that exceed 30%. Other total contributions received from out-of-state sources. Nicely's intention is for the bill to apply to political candidates in both the state and federal level and considers his new legislation to be an extension of the new residency bill he sponsored and was passed last year. Would love to talk to you about this, Senator Nicely. If you are a subscriber, send Senator Nicely an email, if you would, for me, please, and ask him to buzz me. Would love to talk to him about it. Now listen, 
This stuff does not run on rainbows, buttercups, and unicorn farts. No. Hard, cold cash. Same thing that turns the wheels of corruption up in Nashville, but it can be used for conservative purposes as well. We've got to get off our keisters and quit being cheap and miserly. I said this when I was at the Moms for Liberty meeting in Williamson County. I may shame you, shame you, auditorily, visually, and in person because we need conservatives to put their money where their mouth is. I wish that when people posted on social media, there was some kind of little metric underneath their, their name that, that showed how much money they had contributed to conservative efforts and maybe even how much time other than just venting to their friends online or in person. And I believe the answer would be not very much, and I'll tell you why. I think only about 4% of people that consume our content support our publication financially. And then you wonder why there are so few conservative media sources. If you don't give, just go go to the bathroom mirror, take a good look. That's why we don't have a lot of conservative media sources. I need your help, just like Cliff and some others that have set such a remarkable example. If you give any amount of money to the Tennessee conservative in our effort to bring the shining light of truth into the volunteer state, you will get... A Don't California My Tennessee bumper sticker. Also a Proud Tennessee Conservative bumper sticker. And you will get this directory that Jason Vaughn has updated. And Jennifer will send out to you. Here it is. It's got good stuff in it. You need it. And also you will receive, if you give $50 or more, this Proud Tennessee Conservative Tumblr, which I believe recently uh, was in the Mill Creek View podcast. Uh, that Steve was drinking out of. You will get this proud Tennessee conservative koozie. You could put flaming hot coals in this. It, it may be even a meteorite that came in from out of, out of outer, outer space in here, and it has insulative properties that would shield you from both the radiation and the heat. It is amazing. It is amazing. It is made of space-age material. You're going to love it. All right, guys, go to tennesseeconservativenews.com slash support, or as so many people do, mail a good old-fashioned snail mail check to the Tennessee Conservative, 1523 East 27th Street, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37404, while we are still here. We may end up having to move offices. I'm not sure. There, there are changes afoot this year. Next story. I've got to hurry up. I've got an interview to do. Proposed legislation would prohibit local governments from funding out-of-state abortions. Representative Deborah Moody filed House Bill 90 this week. If passed, the bill would make unlawful for any local government to give money to help a person in obtaining an abortion. The current law, which went into effect last year after being passed in 2019, makes abortions illegal within the state. It does not, however, prohibit assistance being given to someone who's attempting to have an abortion outside the state, like the Metro Council tried to help out with the times we live in. Some Republicans have voiced concern that they'd be open, consider, open to considering uh, addition exceptions to Tennessee's abortion law, while others have remained staunchly supportive of the law as written. I, I spoke with Scott Sapicki about this, and I, I, you know he's like, either life begins at conception or it doesn't. And as a Christian, when I go to meet my Maker, I have to be able to say that I tried to defend life. Impressive. Democrats have already introduced two bills that would add exceptions, but it's more likely that a bill from a Republican would carry more weight among the legislators. Senator Ken Yeager stated last month he was planning to sponsor a bill that would outline explicit exceptions for medical professionals. All right. I'm going to pick up the pace. Pick up the pace here. 
Lawmakers hope to eliminate mandatory bias training for educators in Tennessee. I wouldn't work. Number one, I wouldn't work for the Tennessee education bureaucracy primarily because of the constraints, the atmosphere, and the results. However, if someone tried to make me sit through something like this, I would have to tell them uh, to pack a bag and go to hell because I would not sit through it. Representative Jason Zachary and Senator Todd Gardenhire have introduced companion bills HB 158 and Senate Bill 102. Now, if you know Todd Gardenhire, he and I have not always agreed or seen eye to eye. I've also recently sent him an email asking if he would like to do an interview. If you're here in Hamilton County and if you're one of Todd Gardenhire's constituents or one of Jason Zachary's constituents, please send them an email and say, hey, get back to my little friend Brandon Lewis. He's trying to do an interview with you on this, and also uh, Zachary has a another bill or two I want to talk to him about, and Garden Hire's actually sponsoring a school choice bill here in Hamilton County. I don't know exactly what it'll look like yet, but I'm happy to talk to him about it. I'm happy to let bygones be bygones, and when we agree, we can agree, because it is about policy and not personality. Jason Zachary and Todd Gardenhire have introduced companion bills HB 158 and Senate Bill 102 that prohibit, prohibit a local education agency, public charter school, public institution of higher education, the State Board of Education, and the Department of Education from requiring an educator, employee of an LEA or charter school, faculty member, or employee of a public institution of higher education to complete or participate in implicit bias training. The bill also prohibits educators or other employees from having uh, adverse actions taken for refusing to participate in such a training. The bill defines implicit bias training as training or other educational program designed to expose an individual to biases that the training or education's program developer or designer presumes the individual to unconsciously, subconsciously, or unintentionally possess. This is just like the global warming stuff. It used to be global warming, and then it was just climate change. If the climate changes, it's got to be your fault. you got to change your life. you got to quit buying this. you got to do that. And here's, you're biased. Even if there's no evidence of it, even if you don't think you are, even if you don't show anything, unconscious, subconscious, alternate parallel universe, ridiculous, that predisposed the individual to be unfairly prejudiced in favor of or against a thing, person, group, or adjust the individual's pattern of thinking in order to eliminate the individual's unconscious bias or prejudice. Unconscious. Good damn luck with that. This is just another way to bring Marxism into the already failing public school systems. I hope they get this out of there. I still believe that we're just polishing a turd here. People just need school choice. If people want to go to public schools, let them go. Everybody else can you know, jump off the sinking ship like rats fleeing into the ocean. School districts across the state have contracted with companies that provide implicit bias training, also called unconscious bias training. I believe I'd knock somebody unconscious if I had to sit through that. A Wilson County stakeholder said that the core values of the training is to commit to examining biases shifting across the views, dismantling unjust systems. In Hamilton County, the school district hired L.J. Ewing to provide training called Unlearn Everything and Live. Well, the problem is if they've been in public schools, they didn't learn anything to begin with. It's kind of hard to unlearn things when you don't learn them to begin with. For teachers in August, which promised to dismantle the manifestations of systems of oppression within our organizations, I would like to know what manifestations are coming up in public education that makes the performance so bad? Why don't we focus on that instead, since we're spending 12 k a student? Other goals of the training were understanding the system of racial inequality in the context of the United States, the impact that it has on the interpersonal, institutional, and structural level, and facilitating learning and unlearning. I don't even read the rest of this crap. 
Let's shorten this up. They're going to try to get rid of this business. I hope so. Next story. House Speaker Cameron Sexton shows disinterest in extension of state voucher program. Send Cameron Sexton an email and simply ask him why, given the failing results of the broken education system, that he would not give parents or kids choices. It is not his tax dollars. What are we supposed to do? Let these kids sit in these failing schools for 13 years while rhinos goof around? This is not... These are not guinea pigs. These are real, live human beings. And terrible education has consequences. Get these kids out of these awful situations. I firmly believe that if kids were in a burning building, and if people like Sexton and others who want to... Well, they're burning slow. But they've only inhaled a little bit of of fumes and gases, there's still a chance they could get out alive. No, it's code red. Let's get them out. Sexton made it clear on Tuesday that he was not at all interested in Todd Gardenhire's new bill that would allow Hamilton County to participate in the school's voucher program. After Sexton was re-elected, a House Speaker reporters asked him about the legislation. I know Senator Gardenhire, Sexton said, I'm not a proponent of ESAs. The program was passed in 2019 before Sexton became Speaker. Currently, the voucher law is only in effect for Shelby and Metro. I can tell you their school's just as crappy right here, five minutes from my office. After the Tennessee Supreme Court ruled that the law was constitutional last year, Garden Hire was ready to move forward with Senate Bill 12 that expanded the eligibility criteria for students who live in school districts that have at least five schools that fall in the bottom 10% of the state schools not 10 schools, as is currently written. This could possibly pull in Madison, Knox Counties, and Hamilton. If they run it, get it through the committee, and get it on the House floor, have a vote on it, and we'll see what happens. I'm in favor of charter schools. I think charter schools are the right option to go. I don't have any school choice options, Speaker Sexton. Not a damn one. And I've paid into this crappy system for 20 years as a small business owner, residential property owner, commercial property owner. It's a sham. It's a racket. It's a shakedown. And we need to change it. Send Cameron an email. Ask him. Why won't you help the kids out? Lobbyists, money, teachers union. Guy wants to run for governor. I don't think he's got what it takes. Not for conservatives, anyway. Maybe for rhinos or right-leaning Democrats. But you got to get the money, right? you got to get the money to run for governor. Even if it means selling the kids down the river, I guess. Baffles me. All right, so what's going on this weekend? I'm already five minutes late. Five minutes late. What's going on this weekend? Well, tonight we're having a sleepover at the house. We're going to have uh, Sylvia's best friend over at the house. I'm going to probably have to work late here at the office. I'm going to get home, hang out with the kids a little bit tomorrow. I have to work again. It's that time of year. going to be working all day got a buddy of mine, Brian, that's going to come over at 3 o'clock, who I've not seen for a while, who I met originally in conservative politics. And like so many, you know, you fight the good fight for a while, and you just kind of get tired, and people come in and out of this, just as I did. And he's kind of on the sidelines right now. Maybe he'll get back in. I hope he will. I'm going to hang out with him. Uh, and then we've got uh, my, I wouldn't call her my goddaughter, but she's kind of close to it. Two folks that I introduced to one another. Uh, and they got married, uh, a, a long-time friend and another long-time friend, and they have a cute little pugnacious uh, girl who calls me Uncle B, and she's going to come over and hang out 
so that's good. We got two sleepovers back to back. I live in a house full of women. You know, it's an estrogen estuary. I don't know what an estuary is, but it sounds good. So we're going to do that, and then we're going to go to church on Sunday uh, instead of Saturday, which like like we did last time. And I don't know what I don't know what's going to happen after that. I don't know. Hopefully, I can get to the gym, do some chores around the house, take it easy, take it easy. All right, guys. Brandon Lewis here with the Ten Con Big Seven update. Do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com. Hit that subscribe button. Get on our newsletter. Forward this around to folks you know. We only have one conservative news outlet, in my humble opinion, uh, in Tennessee right now. As conservative as ours is, anyway. And uh, we need your support. Uh, if you can't help us with your donations, give us your prayers. And if you can't help us with your prayers, at least forward this stuff around. Share it on social media so other people that are concerned like you are can find it. Love you, mean it. Brandon Lewis, 10 Con, Big 7, signing off. <laughs>